This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Previously on Homestale Radio. Hello, Chris is here. Uh, well, why am I saying Chris is here? What's that? <laughs> What's that mean? What's your name? Andy Gray. The Andy Gray? The Andy Gray. <laughs> the Andy Gray, yeah. What, like the one that played for Palace? Yeah, the one who did play for Palace. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been our Matt Bianco moment. <laughs> <laughs> You're all a bunch of wankers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I'm not being funny, but that actually, I I think that was him. He seemed uh, he seemed a little reluctant to go any further than telling us who he was. Hello, who's that? Yeah, it's Andy again. Oh, hello, Andy. Sorry, mate. How you doing? <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. You go, you go ahead, mate. What you got? What you got to say for us? All of there. Hi. Who's that? Oh, it's Andy Gray. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on the birth of your first child. Let's, well, let's... It, all ties, it all ties in, doesn't it? Day one of being a Palace fan, and it's already gone to shit for him. <laughs> <laughs> for all our contact information and to send us an email, visit holradio.net forward slash contact. Good evening. Welcome to a late starting Hull Radio. My name's Chris Hambling, and I'm your host tonight as we look back at a week. And look back at a week. That has seen Palace draw with Newcastle and be eliminated from the FA Cup final by Liverpool. Uh, we'll be talking about all the key moments from both games and anything else that comes to mind. Uh, with me today are Alex White. Good evening. Good evening. Alex Pench. Hello. Hello. And Terence Ford. Hello. See, I didn't go Terence from Red Bull Army Code UK today. Oh. I, I have just said it then, so it's still plugging you. <laughs> anyway, um, I've also got in my notes here that producing today is producer Tom, but it's no, we're back to Mikey because Tom broke the internet again, hence our late start. So apologies for that. Um, it was very confusing. Those of you tuning in may have caught various different clips of me shouting or getting really sarcastic with Tom. Uh, <laughs> it's not his fault, um, but it probably is his fault. Uh, so anyway, we'll be hearing from the panel in just a moment. We also want to hear from you today. Uh, head to hrlradio.net forward slash contact to see all the ways you can get in touch today. Uh, we would begin with news in brief, but when we recorded it, it was silent. So um, Ryan Innes has gone on loan to Port Vale uh, for a month initially. 
And um, yeah, he played the full 90 minutes in their 1 0 win away at Walsall. Uh, getting booked, but um, but yeah, it's good. Good for him to complete that. There you go. Get in touch with the show. All of our contact details can be found at holradio.net forward slash contact. Best start to the show ever. Uh, Alex White is, uh, oh, actually, no, Alex Penge, confusing with the two Alexes, uh, is in the chat room today, holradio.net forward slash chat, and he'll be bringing the best of your comments from there. I'll be keeping an eye on Twitter and uh, your emails and things, but holradio.net forward slash contact, as the jingle just said. Okay, chaps, we've got uh, an awful lot to get through, and, you know, we're late starting, but let, let's go back to the Newcastle game in, in midweek. Won't dwell here too much, because obviously what's fresh in the memory is the defeat to Liverpool yesterday. But uh, it is a while back now, but generally speaking, are we happy with a point? Terence, start with you. Oh, it felt like a game that we'd want to win, um, but I suppose we have to be happy with a point with, you know, Everton and Aston Villa games relatively fresh in the memory of going 1-0 down and then having a lot of huff and puff. Mm. It was nice that we actually managed to get in the, back in the game and get the point after going behind at home. We, we definitely did, but I mean, obviously, going behind again, it's just not good, is it? Um, in the, on this occasion, that was, it was, what was it, 42 minutes, and it was Newcastle's first and I think only shot on target. Um, looking, actually, looking, analysing the goal, if you like, um, there was just, it was only Papis to say in the box. And three three defenders not marking him, just marking space. Uh, what did you make of that, Mr. Penge? Well, it just showed the, the quality um, of Yanma, you know, a player that's played in the World Cup, got to last four in the World Cup against a player like um, Sir Martin Kelly that's not really, you know, a natural left-back and was really was shown up by him, wasn't he? And it just took one chance and against the run of play and, and they went 1-0 up. Um, I think before that, we we were good, but, you know, when we... It's strange because under Pardew, we've definitely got a lot more possession, um, which is something that we've sort of not had for a couple of seasons now. And, um, you know, at times I felt that, you know, we weren't sure what to do with the ball. You know, there were times where we'd be passing it along our, our midfield three um, with MacArthur and Ledley. Um, but then we're getting into key situations and then not knowing what to do and to take advantage. So it, it was really frustrating. Yeah, there's a, there's a bit of indecisiveness there, and I suppose that goes back to the goal, doesn't it, Terence? With with Delaney was sort of stood off, wasn't he, and and sort of jumped in, into space, but obviously nowhere near the actual player. Well, it, it was quite funny just watching all th- three of them, and I say all three of them. Zaha looked surprised that he had to be covering because Kelly was so far out of position; it was ridiculous. Mm. But then when Kelly's in that front post position. He's taken that space, and Delaney seems to try to defend the same space. As soon as he sees that Kelly's there marking off that near post, he should be looking for the man in the middle and taking a step off and taking the man out of play. Instead, he just sort of jumps for a ball that he's never going to get when he should be two, two yards further back picking up Cissé, and the goal doesn't happen. Absolutely. No, it was, it was incredible to watch uh, um, Alex White this time. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm sure you probably echo some of the comments already made, but Cissé's actually not had to leave the ground for the header either. It's a standing header. I mean, we shouldn't be conceding goals like that, should we? Absolutely not. Not at this level. Under Pulis, I know I hate everyone hates it when you go back and talk about it, but we wouldn't have conceded that goal. And that's not me having a go at Pardew because we do so many things so much better now in terms of going forward. But that that's simple football there, isn't it? Mark your man. Mark your man. Someone's got to do it. I think 
Terence mentioned Wilf there, but I thought Wilf had a fantastic game defensively. I think the Leicester game and the Newcastle game here is absolutely brilliant defensively, covering for Martin Kelly. But again, someone's got to stand up and take responsibility, and I think that's where you miss someone like Scott Dan because he's going to tell people what to do, and and, and he didn't play that game, and and you could see the difference just in that one chance there. They've got one chance, and they've taken it. So would it have been different if you had someone in between? Because I know a lot of people pointing fingers at, at Delaney for it as well, but... You know, I just think Scott Dan was missing massively that game. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, again, we've obviously got the benefit of hindsight in looking back to, um, you know, to how it panned out against Liverpool. So I don't want to sort of talk too much about that. But obviously, Dan returned, and I would say we almost missed the the organisation of of Delaney in that game. But um, but we'll come back to that because obviously that's what what Damo does bring. Is he, it, you know, he's obviously the captain while Jedinak's not there and he does bring the sort of vocal presence in the back line and I, I do think that so we missed that but certainly he's positioning but he wasn't the only one as, we, as we've said Kelly was out of position you know Zaha to come all the way back to cover exactly like Terence said oh incidentally Terence Lucy White says that you sound like you're in the bath microphone wise don't think that <laughs> are you you're not right I'm not in the bath no <laughs> all right just wanted to just want to clear that up immediately so <laughs> just uh, just important um okay look so as we've mentioned, uh, nobody near near say One last thing on that: Are we zonal marking? You know, because uh, is that is that how we're playing under Pardew, or is it not quite that simple? What what do we think? Uh, Alex Penn, just start with you. Um, going by the way he plays, I think he's more of a more fluid manager than Pulis and uh, Warnock. I don't, I don't even know what type of manager Warnock was to be honest, but um, it wasn't. It was neither. Even neither fluid nor 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 conservative. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a manager. <laughs> Oh, poor, poor Neil. Okay, um, I, I, I think he's, I think he's not a man marker. I think he's, he's more of a, a, a box to box, uh, sorry, a box marking, zona marking, sorry, uh, type manager. Um, and you can tell that in just the, the way we approach games and the way we, we well, especially yesterday against Liverpool. Um, that, that often on certain occasions, you know, players were, you know, left. Under, uh, under their own volition, um, and you know we were we did struggle. We did really did struggle from set pieces, especially yesterday. So, yeah, I think he's compared to Pulis, where under Pulis we were really organised. Everyone had a role. Everyone knew what man they were marking. I, I, it, you know, it's l- we've got more freedom under Apaji, but you know, there's less organisation. Yeah, think, I, I, go on, go on. I think if you think about the goals, the last few goals that we've conceded, so that Everton game, Lukaku unmarked, the two goals against Liverpool, Sturridge unmarked, Lallana unmarked, that one against Newcastle, Cissé unmarked, that is pointing there, isn't it, to zonal marking as opposed to uh, opposed to them playing one up front, why not stick a set and a half on him and then he's taken out of the game, that's what surprises me, but you know, a lot of people criticise zonal marking these days, you, you hear pundits saying they can't believe that, that people even still play it, like, sort of a, it's becoming almost more and more dead week on week, but you know, it, it's a, it attacks the priority, I guess, for for yeah. a lot of managers. Well, it goes back to the old cliche: if space doesn't score a goal, a man does, and and that that's where I'm sort of comfortable with it, if you like. Um, and that's what that's why I brought it up. I'm I'm just not completely sure um, that that it's a system that works for the players that we have. I think again, like like you like you mentioned there, Alex, with with Tony Pulis in charge, it, and um, it was you know people knew exactly what they were they were doing. Um, you just want to make another little point. Actually. Yeah, I think um, you know most of our success um, in terms of our defensive organisation. Um, obviously, the 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 centre the centre back pairing of of Dan and Delaney were inspired last season. But I think of late um, past month, we've certainly seen 
um, you know, us lacking uh, Jednak. I think we've really missed him in terms of his man marking, his organisation. Um, and I think in certain occasions, um, I think Delaney's eyes probably would have been, he would be, would have been more focused with maybe Jednak looking after the player that he was looking after. And I think we certainly missed his presence in, in you know, especially the last month, I think that Everton game, um, I think we definitely missed him there. And I think we missed him last night as well. And it's such a shame that he wasn't ready to come back. And I think once we get Yednak back in the team, it'll sort of give Ledley and MacArthur a bit more freedom to be able to play you know, balls up to the wingers and, and to Fraser and, and Dwight. So Yeah, I, I think, I mean, it's, it's a subject I'll come back to, I think, in, in a bit when we talk about Yednak missing. It has been, it's more noticeable game on game. But I think, obviously, the most recent game against Liverpool yesterday James MacArthur was was absent as well, and I think that really, really did hit us hard in the centre of midfield, all very light on the tackle. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, going back to the, the, the zonal marking thing, it, it does concern me. But you, you also talk about Jedinak there, Alex, and that's funny enough. That's some another strength he brings. He's an extra added height, winning headers in there, and you know, you wonder if we would concede some of the goals that we've been conceding. Um, you but know, you also, back if was you also think you might defend a yard higher with Jednak there because he yeah. would turn around and say, "Boy, step up!" You, you know, you're almost standing on the goal line after them, and see, so say, just there on a six yard. But you know, you almost think that Jednak, and I know you all come on to talk about the Liverpool game, but he does mm. grab people. Although he plays really deep, he does grab people by the neck and says, "Do you know what, mate? We've really got to push up and step out." And I think that's going to be the key thing under Pardew. A lot of people are saying that, you know, you don't want to criticise Jednak, but. He's not the best passer in the world by any stretch of imagination. You know, I think I could kick a ball two yards better than he can, not in a horrible <laughs> way, but you know, will he fit into that system? But I, I genuinely think it leads straight back in, and it'll be the Jednak of, of normal. Yeah, um, but yeah, again, and it's worth mentioning that with Delaney dropped and and um, and Jednak out, obviously we are actually missing two captains as well. There, um, there's plenty of other people in the in the squad who are of of that type, but. I think I mean it's I say in terms of organisation and picking people up it was it was very noticeable it was noticeable for the goal against Newcastle very very noticeable yesterday um, going back to the, the Newcastle game obviously one of the things that happened in the game was an early injury for Yaya Sonogo and I went onto the message boards after the game and a lot of people being quite disrespectful calling it a blessing in disguise um, what do we what do we think about that as as a as a concept is. I mean, like I say I'm uncomfortable with it. Uh, I think Sonogo is a very good player, but um, but at the same time, I can kind of see what people are ma- mean. But maybe those people didn't realise that it would give Fraser Campbell the chance. He's mm. effectively take him and take him. What do you think, Alex? Um, well, I think Sonogo. I think I think Shamak and Sonogo are two very si- uh, very similar players. I think that obviously Sonogo hasn't got the ability that Shamak's got. You know, Shamak's very good at holding the ball up. I think Sonogo's work in progress in doing that. You know, I think he's got to be a bit more imposing. I mentioned it in the past podcast that you know he's 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 massive, but he doesn't really use his size as well as he should do, as well as Shamak does. I think Shamak, the reason why he did so well under Pulis was because he's physical, but he's got a bit of class about him, which is what mm. we all love. And you know, Sonogo, you know, he's rusty, he's very raw. Um, and I still think there's potential. I still think there's potential for us to get a few goals from him uh, towards the end of the season. But in terms of what we required against Celtic Newcastle, I don't think he was the answer. To be honest, I think uh, yeah. I think someone like Gale or, or Campbell deserve to to start up top with Shamak. Yeah. Uh, but there's there's a step there's a step away from that, and then effectively celebrating his injury. Uh, Terence, you saw him um, up at Leicester and. and the effect he had on the game there. That's probably, you know, that's probably his most effective game for us. 
interesting sounds coming from you. Um, what did you? Um, what, I don't, what, you know, what do you think about the situation? I don't. I don't agree that it was a blessing in disguise that he came off against Newcastle. Uh, under Pardew, what a lot. What's happening a lot more is very direct, quick, snappy, low passes, sort of chest height and below, into the main striker. And Sonogo was doing a good battling job against Newcastle, bringing him under control. And he did the same thing at Leicester, which led to the corner, led to the goal. He battled really hard with a centre-back. And he's still a bit raw and his touch is not perfect, but he has enough technical ability to be able to bring those snappy passes under control. Not every single time, by no means, but three out of five times, which is three out of five times more than Fraser Campbell can do it, in my opinion. And in the, in the game against Newcastle, Campbell took his chance and he scored against Liverpool again yesterday, but that is, I know it sounds ridiculous, but that was all he did. He offered nothing to the rest of the game. And the way we play, if the ball doesn't stick to our striker, we'll end up defending deeper and deeper and deeper because often our first look is direct into the striker. Yeah, I agree that that, that is the vital part of our, our squad at the moment. And that well, the, the vital... Uh, element is is having a player who the ball is going to stick to up top, and like I say, I get really frustrated um, with Dwight Gale playing up there on his own because I'm a huge Gale fan, but he cannot he cannot hold the ball up. It's just horrific to watch. Um, sorry, we've got a few things saying. We'll go, we'll go to the chat room in a sec and get some opinion on in there. Uh, Alex White first. Yeah, Patrick O'Connor, who whose birthday is today. Happy birthday, Happy birthday to, Patrick. to the legend himself. Um, he tweeted me after the game. I, I you know, did a few bits of radio after the game and, and he Show thought off. I was, yeah, no, I was just going to say he thought I was really harsh on Sonogo. And I, mm. you know, my opinion is that if he's not ready now, I don't understand, you know, we're not here to nurture Arsenal's yes. players. I, I don't, you know, for me, if we've got a better option, then, then we should pick the better option. I think for that game, a lot of people say it didn't suit Sonogo, but I think that type of game did against a very physical Newcastle side. But for me, I think he's got the ability. But I just turn around sometimes and think, Do you know what, mate, you could run an extra yard. You know, even, even if I know you're not going to get that ball, still put him under pressure. Still have a think about it. And I think we get used to that. Even someone like Ben Murray, and, you know, you know I was going to bring him up at some point. Yep. He would, even, even if he knew he wasn't going to get the ball, he'd chase it down. Even Shamak does it. And, and that's just the one thing. Not that he doesn't try, but it just, he doesn't think about that extra mile. He doesn't seem like he's got that hunger in him. Not, he doesn't look like a player to me that struggled to adapt and, and, and is really trying to really trying to make things happen for him. And, and that's the only thing that I've got against him. And I think he's a very good footballer, but will, will for me, you know, when, when it comes down to it, when we've got a game that, that could save us or, or relegate us, is he the type of man you want in that game, quality-wise, potentially? But giving you everything, I don't know. I, I, funny enough, I think he's actually seems to have got on better away from home than than at home, and I think that's going to have an impact on how people view him because quite a few thousand more people will sit there and see the home games. And I don't care what you say, even you know, I know you can get a certain view from watching it on TV, but you can't play a watch like you can at a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that Joe always talks about. You you know, if you want to play a watch for five ten minutes, you know, you can't do that really. Um, Watching the game on a on a stream or on TV or whatever. So, so someone like Sonogo is, it, you know, it, when he's when he was playing up at Leicester. I mean, obviously he was involved in quite a lot, but you wouldn't have seen he actually put in quite a shift as well. I was, I was impressed in that game because I'd been pretty critical of him as well. Uh, just picking up one thing on Twitter, uh, Michelle Geary got in touch and said definitely missed Damo's captaincy yesterday. Agree, Jednak back straight in as soon as he's fit. Uh, Alex, you got some stuff in the chat room on this? Yeah, I've got to put my Nick Gossett hat on. Um, www.wholeradio dot com slash chat no um, wrong dot net oh, no <laughs> okay 
right. Good work, uh, though. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give an honorary mention to Dweeb, uh, which I, I understand is common courtesy uh, every every Sunday whenever we mention Correct. the chat room. Um, so just a bit of reaction around Sonogo. Um, again, many 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 have uh, echoed your thoughts about him playing really well in away games um, with, uh, let's see, Dweeb saying he was pretty bloody amazing against Southampton. Mm, yeah. And Robert CPFC saying, I like Sonogo, he's done well in away games um, I've seen him in. So, you know, it's a few comments that um, obviously a little bit negative about Snogo, but generally people agreed that, you know, he's looked good yeah. in games against Leicester and Southampton away when, you know, he's got less pressure uh, from the Palace fans. So, I think, I think our alternate signing in the squad was obviously Shola Ramiobi, who's um, mm. nowhere near match fitness yet and remains to be seen with, uh, how much he'll, part of a part he'll actually play. But apparently the injury's not too bad for Sonogo anyway. And, um, okay, also a couple of things in that... Um, what changed the game against Newcastle, for my view, was brave substitutions again. Uh, something that Pardew's almost well, he's, he's done pretty much every game, hasn't he? He's, he's been able to change the shape and the sort of the, the direction the game's going by making some some pretty brave and attacking changes. Uh, Gale came on for Amaran Shamak, who didn't look completely comfortable. Played very well, but I don't think that mask is a little bit of a hindrance in terms of his, uh, you know, in terms of his vision. Well, you know um, what he's like as well as a player, don't you? That mm. if anyone sort of gets near his face, he's not he's not competing <laughs> at all. You know, just the way he is. You know, he's a big yeah. diva, isn't he? Really. Oh, don't say that with Terence on. He'll kill you. Oh, I love um, him. <laughs> um, but also, Balassi came off the bench um, for Kelly, which again was a very very attacking substitution, pushing Ledley back to. Uh, you know, to left back and shifting, punching inside. But Balassi made the real difference of just get just getting a couple of crosses in and crossing from deep this time as well, not running right to the byline, just getting his his head up and just picking people out. And he picked out uh, Fraser Campbell, who, who slid the ball in for the equaliser. And, and after that, that was just there was, it was only really us in the game. But um, let let's look at the substitutions. Uh, you can praise Pardew for it, uh, Alex White, but you know, again, it, it's reactive, isn't it? So. You know, it's not always going to work, is it? No, of course it's not. Of course it's not. But at this level, if you can, if your substitution can change the game, that's what makes you a Premier League manager, and that's the difference between a, a Championship manager. You know, we saw subs by the previous regime that made us even worse at times, yeah. and and now we're and now we're looking, you know, looking comfortable with, with making changes. And I think the big one was everyone raised their eyebrows when when Campbell came on, um, and he's come on and score a goal. He's got one offside, and whether you think he played well or not. He scored a goal. You know, he's got he's got your point out of that game. If, even if, like Terence said, he didn't touch the ball for the rest of the game, he still put that one chance away that he's got. Um, and uh, I think you know, Balassi, I've I've said a lot of harsh things about him over my time on Homestead Radio, but you know, I'll hold my hands up there. And that was absolutely fantastic. I know he said in the interview in the week that he feels like he's matured a bit as a player from from playing abroad. So yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly what he did. He picked the ball up, and he, he said it's about being more direct sometimes. Pick the ball up, whip mm. it straight in, and, and he's got this. Is you know, if he can find that balance, then he's going to be extremely comfortable at this level. Uh, there's a couple of things in there I sort of wanted to bring to attention, but I guess the first thing is obviously Campbell coming on, taking his chance. Terence, you, you suggested earlier on that you're not a massive fan of what else he does for the, for the team. Do you want to elaborate a bit? I, I'm not really sure I can. It just in terms of the ball has to stick to our striker. And I don't feel feel that it ever does with him. Uh, Newcastle were there for the taking. I think for the, as soon as we scored, they didn't even make an effort to cross the halfway line. So it was only ever us who was going to win it, and we couldn't end up breaking them down in the end. No matter how much we had of the ball, really, it was only really Breda Hangerland's header at the end that mm. came remotely close. 
and Campbell just was never really in the mix to score that winner. And like, like I say, I know it, in my head it sounds ridiculous saying that Fraser Campbell has scored two goals in his last two games, but I think it's been pointless having him on the field. But I can elaborate more on that when we start to talk about the Liverpool game. Yeah, which we'll, we'll do in just a moment. Mm. Uh, what, so I just want to pick the one last thing. Oh, Alex, you were making a couple of noises. Did you have a, something you wanted yeah, to Yeah, no, I was just saying about um, Campbell. It's like when Campbell came on, I, I was a bit annoyed, really, because I, you know, I wanted to see. Oh, I was expecting, you know, much or 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 maybe even Murray to come on. Uh, or no, sorry, or even Balassi to come on at the time. But then obviously he brought on Campbell. I, I, I think Campbell, you know, I, I, he's a good finisher, but he doesn't work as hard as someone like Shamak or, or even a Gale. I think Gale works his socks off. I don't uh, get this stigma. I do not get this stigma with Fraser Campbell. Sorry to interrupt, but there's this one thing with Fraser Campbell that Palace fans seem to do. He could put a foot wrong and everyone would jump on his back. Gale can make even more mistakes and everyone, and everyone loves him. I just don't get it. I think Fraser Campbell works his absolute arse off every single week I, he chases I, everything I down he gets crap service crap service time and time again and you know I, I just I feel sorry for the lad I, I think this is a really interesting point because I, I there is there's the same division on here as there is on, on the message boards and you know I respect everyone on here's views um, I think you know obviously you guys are all passionate about football and you understand football um, I, I've seen times where you know, when people criticise Campbell because he's not chasing, exactly what Terence was saying earlier, really, not chasing down the channels, you know. If a ball's a little bit too far for him, he'll much, he might even turn and give a thumbs up or something like that. You know, he's not moaning about it, but he's not putting pre- enough pressure on the defense, defensive line. But having said that, against, you know, Liverpool yesterday, I actually watched him for a little while and, and, and watched, when well, he's, he's effectively sw- swapped places with Gale for a bit. Only it could be two, three minutes and he, he actually chased yeah. back. One thing, one thing I mentioned, Chris, or during the game, I said to a, to a friend sitting next to me, I said, well, this is a massive game for Campbell. I think it's a massive game for his Palace career because obviously if he comes off the bench, scores, does well, then he's got a future. I think if he'd have struggled against Newcastle, um, you know, I, I thought it would have been quite difficult for him to come back, especially with the form that with Yannick coming back, We've obviously um, spent a lot of money on much in January. I, I, I don't expect us to, for him to stay on the bench for you know the rest of the season. I expect him to get a few more chances. So I, I thought it was a big game for Campbell. All right, he scored two goals in two games. You know he's working harder than I think he's worked uh, you know earlier in the season. And he's a player with proven you know Premier League experience, right? And that's something that we haven't got a lot of in the squad. No matter how well we played last season. Um, you know, there's not a lot of Premier League experience in his squad, so you know he's vital, vital. I think more vital than someone like uh, Amiobi, because we're not going to see much of Amiobi for the rest of the season. You know, Shavak's had his injury problems, and Gale's still very raw. So you know, he's got a big, big role in this squad, and especially if Murray's going out on loan, I think if if Campbell hadn't had this renaissance in the past couple of games, we probably wouldn't have seen these reports that you know obviously Glenn Murray's been linked with away now with a loan move away from the club, and I, I don't think we would have seen these reports if it wasn't for you know Campbell's you know return to form. So. You know, it's, it's an interesting, interesting a couple of weeks we've got ahead of us. So it'll be interesting to see whether uh, he sticks with Campbell up top when yeah. Schmack's back in the side. So no, it's, it's a good point, Alex. And I think to me, if I could try and if I could sum up this issue, I think what it is 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 he has a certain he plays he plays the game a certain way, and I think we're, at Palace we've always seemed to latch on to certain stri- types of striker. And I, I I think certainly in the in the modern era we've been massively influenced by. When AJ was at his peak, in my view, um, and 
and he could affect occupy you know back four on his own. Yeah. Um, and I think we all we're always almost almost always Expected. looking for someone like yeah. that. Uh, and Fraser Campbell isn't that type of player, but he you know and they he, he's got he's got a chance in the Newcastle game and he's put it away and, and fair play to him he, he he kept his place for the next game scored as well. Um, but I think I think everyone I think that people are right to potentially ask for more in terms of his overall work rate. Yeah. But I don't think it's worth. I don't think it's worth the level of criticism he gets, but that's a personal opinion, and I can understand why people think differently. Um, I, re- I really want to, to, to move on to the Liverpool game because that's the most sort of salient point for me. But just a last little bit in there, uh, Jason Punchin against Newcastle, and I, I'm bringing this up because Gerald's not on today, but he just he wanted. I know he wanted to mention it. Um, I think he was involved in the delivery of the ball for mu- a lot of our chances, a lot of our best chances in the game. Um, but personally, I thought he was very, very poor. Um, I thought, I can't, I don't know if he's carrying injury or he's tired, but he seems very laboured in possession at the moment in the last couple of games. And I always find myself looking up at the, when there's a substitution, expecting to see his number and it it never is. Um, Can anyone shed any light on that? Am I I being harsh? Go on, Alex. I can, because who do you look to bring on for punching? It's going to be Wilful Balassi, right? There's one man, if you give a chance on the edge of the box in our team, that's going to put it away who will 100% score a chance if you put it on the edge of the box for him. Nobody else in our team can do that apart from Jason Punchin. And he can go missing for 85 minutes and still score a goal. Yeah. And, that, I think that's, and I think that's the difference, you know. That's the difference between him being a Premier League player all this time because mm-hmm. he will just take that one chance. Even if he offers nothing, like I said with Campbell, if he offers nothing for 80 minutes, I still think he's got a chance of putting the, putting the ball away. But when he went centre midfield, I, I thought he was absolutely... You know, I'm not oh, saying he should do it for the rest of his life, but I thought he was like Paul Scholes in there. He just ran the show completely. You know, I thought, I thought no, you're right. This little You're ginger right. lad in there, he was just spraying the ball around, and and I agree at yeah. times it can be frustrating because, you know, he huffs and he puffs. Well, but can, but I'll be a bit more specific, okay? Um, I agree with you. In, in, I look, you look good in the centre, um, like you say. But again, obviously, and we were putting a lot of pressure as well, uh, and he was the the link for it all. I think um, when we were actually trying to apply pressure, but again, we didn't really create anything much until Terence said, like the header from Breda Hanglin. But um, that aside, I always find that. When he's when he's the outlet on the wing for us, he slows the game down, and that that sometimes is sometimes a brilliant thing to do to have someone who can put their foot on the ball and slow the game down. So it's no there's no panic and there's no, you know, and, and the bright pass is picked. But for me, he slows the game down every time. You know, he never goes outside his man. He always comes inside the pitch, and you know he's got his head up. It's great, but something's wrong. Either either the, you know, the man, the, either the players aren't making the right runs mm. for him. Or it, it for me, he's it just it just stops our attacking impetus quite often. Um, I think the thing is, oh Chris, that we're so used to counter-attacking football. But yeah. you know, we've got yeah. a bit more time on the ball now. We can afford to slow that ball a little bit down. I think that's something that Pardew would have said to him. When you get the ball in the other half, carry it, hold it. Because mm. you see, Shamak does it for us so much. We're a different team when we've got Shamak. We have so much more possession when we have Shamak because he can hold the ball in the other half. And I think Punchin's another player that can do the same. Who knows? Maybe Pardew said to him when you get the ball out there, hold it for a bit. Let everyone catch up, control the ball, bring it back inside and, and play around with it a bit. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if, you, if you look at, you know, when we're under Pulis. On the counter attack, you know we've got we our wingers were cutting in, um, and that suit our game. But obviously, when we've got the ball, well, well, when when we had the ball against Newcastle, you, you can't really do that because you haven't got the space, you haven't got you know the player who's unsettled and out of position. So you know it, it was it's quite difficult for players like you know punching um, and, and and Zaha to make an impact when we've got the ball. Obviously, when we haven't got the ball, you know they we look 
absolutely threatening. And we saw that at Leicester on the break. We were, you know, we absolutely devastated in the second half. Mm. Um, and so it, it, it doesn't really suit his game puncher because for me, he does it, he's not a winger. I think he's, he's too good to be a winger, he's, but he's not, he's not experienced enough to play in the middle. So it's quite a difficult situation. He's too good to be left out. You know, we've seen that how he, especially last season, how he managed to get us out of games, um, you know, with some, some amazing goals, amazing play, especially the second half of last season. And so it's, it's hard to integrate him in this system. Um, and I think he's feeling that, especially under, under Pardew. I think he started really yeah. well under Pardew, but it's just trying to find that right position for him uh, with this system at the moment. And then okay. interesting to see what he does. But Yeah, like, like you say, there's, there's a new manager, a new system potentially. So that's a bit of an, there's a bit of an impact there. I, I don't know. I, I can see, again, it's another, he's another player I can see why he gets criticised sometimes. Um, that's not to say I don't rate him as a footballer. I do, and I completely agree with Alex that, you know, other than he's missed a couple of late, but generally speaking, Punchin's, you know, finishing from outside the box is pretty much the only guy who does that. And I think that's a lot of the reason we brought Jordan much in is to try and get some, get a few more people doing that. Um, okay, let's move on. Um, just see the, the Liverpool game was, was at Sellers Park and it kind of, it links into the Newcastle game a bit here. And, and, the, and the first subject I want to talk about, and it's about our home form this season. Um, three wins. Uh, I think I'm right in saying this season. Um, why is Selhurst not the fortress it has been before? What, what's, what's different at Selhurst this year? Uh, is it the pitch? Uh, is it a slight change in the atmosphere? You know, with the added expectation potentially. What is it that's making? Um, you know, our away record I think is is slightly better than our home record. What what do we think the reasons for that are? Go on, Terence. I'll give you the first go. Um, it's all down to the setup of the teams when they arrive at Sellers Park. Last season they turned up and on their projection board for the season they would have had us as three points. Yep. This season they look at it and say actually getting out of there with anything is worthwhile. So teams aren't coming at us gung-ho leaving Balassi with free reign down the flank to just tear him apart, punch him to do his thing. It's just, it's not available to us anymore. So we're having to adopt a different style of play where we're having to, we're finding ourselves trying to bank down, break down two banks of four and we don't have the creativity in our centre midfield to do that. And that's when it becomes a problem. If they can shut down our threat on the flanks, everyone says this, if we're not firing down the flanks, we're not firing at all. And it's because mm. teams are deliberately set up to stop us down the flanks now because they know James MacArthur, Joe Ledley, Mila Yednak love them. They don't have the, that creativity to unlock through the middle of the park. Do you think that's why uh, Pardew, you know, sanctioned the move for Jordan much? Do you think that's to try and change something in the middle there? You have to try and change something at the point of, at the point of that centre midfield. In, Jordan much like say, he's got a bit of a cannon on him. He can shoot from range, but... I'm, in terms of assists, I'm not sure that he gets an absolute ton in his in his past. In terms of just that little cute little pass that's going to put Gow in behind or one of the wingers coming in off the flanks. I, uh, I still just don't think I see it. it's something it, missing there. Weirdly, weirdly, he linked really well with Campbell for Cardiff. If you, can, if you ever look at Campbell's goals, a good half of them were set up by Jordan Much, uh, which I thought was very interesting. Um, don't don't know if there was the thinking behind that. Um, but okay, so I think that's a good answer. I'm, I'm not going to get any sort of further opinion from either Alex on that. Well done, Terence. <laughs> um, the nail on the head there, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brilliant answer. Um, so there's some interesting decisions made in the, in the lineup. Really, uh, dropping Wilf and, and punching to the bench um, for for Gale and, and Balassi to start, and Campbell's in 
for Sonogo, and, and it seemed to work in the first half, really. I, I think Dwight Gale um, in off the wing, occasionally Fraser Campbell swapped with him, but basically it was Gale in off the left and, and getting really good scoring opportunities, but uh, didn't really work in the second half. Um, well, let's talk about that bit first. Uh, what do you think the reasons for that were, Mr White? What, why did it work in the second half? Yeah, what, what changed? Or, or, well, is it is it something you want to see for you know in, in in its entirety? You know, even if it did work in the first half, would you rather have kept Wilf? Would you have started with Wilf? You know, I would have started with hundred percent. I've always said you know as soon as we sign Wilf at the start of the season, we just have to give him as many games as we possibly can playing football. But lastly, I think from the start we knew we were only going to give him sixty minutes or so. He was knackered after twenty at Newcastle. I would have gone with Wilf. I think just that. He needs games constantly, but you know what? What changed for us? I think they worked us out. I think I think we were we were very different. The last two home games, we finished the game with more possession. Um, it looked like a different game plan, really. I think we finished with thirty four percent this week rather than the the fifty that we'd had the few weeks before. So maybe they realised that they can get at us a bit more, and perhaps we weren't as steely in the middle as as we were. You know, with MacArthur and, and with Jednak and other players they've played against us in, in recent in recent games Terence you, you feel it was the substitution yeah um, Mario Balotelli's been coming in for a lot of stick and he was just very very smart in the final third of the field and none more so than the free kick that led to the second goal he was just he just occupied us more in those advanced areas and gave us a lot to think about and they just didn't really sort of have that presence in that area of the field or anyone that looked dangerous. And it, it just pushed us back that a little bit further and Liverpool grew in confidence and the early goal obviously helps. And we needed, if for that half to go very differently, we would have needed not to concede in the first five minutes of it. Definitely. I'm going to, I'm going to come back to you, Alex, because you've got a slightly different uh, reason you think that the game changed in the second half. But you mentioned something there about Balotelli. I noticed that Alan Pardew in his press conference, and it, I think it was very early on, and it, it really did actually cheer me up a great deal after the game because I was so livid about this in the game. Basically, Balotelli and, came on and, and played up alongside Sturridge, and Alan Pardew said we weren't aggressive enough with them. We weren't, you know, we weren't, we didn't, we didn't get at them as, as strikers. And I think for me, this goes back to uh, this whole thing of us being too nice. I think we were, we were way, way too respectful and nice yesterday against Liverpool. No one put in a challenge, a, you know, a serious challenge in on Sturridge. And this guy's back, on, you know, I don't be too cynical about it, but he's back from a long term injury and he just bossed it up front, you know. Early on, he, just, he looked a little bit, you know, a little bit leggy and we just, we just let him. We let him grow in confidence. And, and one of those Sunday well. league things. One of those Sunday mm. league things, isn't it? First tackle, hit him hard, put him in the stand. Yeah. That's where you want Melee Jednak, isn't it? That's what exactly. You know, exactly. Week, Jednak, I'm hoping, hoping he's back for the Arsenal game because you know mm. where he's putting Sanchez in the first few minutes. And that's something that, that's something that Liverpool had, didn't they? Through, through Henderson. Henderson, um, and, and well, obviously, first half, he really did unsettle us. Um, well, towards the end of the first half. And then in the second half, they sort of took control, didn't they? With... Henderson boss in the midfield, and then you had Allen sort of spreading the ball to, you know, likes of Lallana and Markovic and, and players like that. So, yeah, it was something we we, we really did miss. Um, we really did miss Yedna yesterday. Yeah, I mean, but again, I, I think MacArthur not being in there was it was another factor for him because he's a, you know, he'll, he'll definitely sort of nip at the heels at the very least. But you know, he'll put in a challenge as well. But we, I don't, I can't honestly remember a, a serious, you know, hefty challenge at any point. And I'm not saying that's 
all you do, but you do have to have that in your game if you're playing against a team that is technically superior to you. And Liverpool are a technically superior team to Palace. Everyone knows that. And, and to give it some content, I did notice a tweet from Steve Parrish for over a short while ago where he's talking about, you know, um, not that long ago we were sort of, you know, fighting for existence and, you know, in the championship. And now Liverpool are celebrating a win against Palace in the cup like they've won something you know uh, it's, it was a huge turnaround for us we have made an awful lot of progress and the fact that we're sitting here disappointed that we did not Liverpool out of the cup and that we had this massive opportunity I think it's another testament to how far we've come but in doing that a lot a lot of it's just hard work and, and doing the the sort of you know the nasty bits of the game better than anyone else and I think you know we're trying <laughs> We're trying to play more football, aren't we? We're trying to keep the ball a bit more. And I think in a way we've kind of, we, we didn't do, say we didn't do enough on the negative side for me in, in just putting a few challenges in and letting people know you're there. And uh, that, was, that was too much for me and it, it made me pretty angry. Mm. <laughs> any, any few more views on that? Otherwise yeah. we'll, go, we'll go back well, to you, Alex. Well, also we had Ward playing at central midfield, which is a position he hasn't yeah. really played in for, you know, in his Palace career. Well, I know that is, that is you know, early stage of his of his career, he sort of played there, but he played now, the Palace, yeah. yeah, but um, you know, he's obviously untested in in, in that position. I, I think it was due to you know injuries in the team, but you know, after after in the second half, he was really overrun there. But I think most most of our team were overrun, to be honest. And um, you know, it's something that you know we we obviously are quite blessed with a lot of options in there. But you know, when we miss you know a few key figures like MacArthur or Yednak, we really seem exposed. Um, and something that you know we we got to hope that Yednak and, and MacArthur are back in the coming weeks. Terence, yeah, we've I think with Ward playing in centre midfield before when he's done it, he's just been told to go in there, break up play, and get the ball forward quickly to the wide players. Yeah, under Pardew, he's been you're being asked to do a lot more as a centre midfielder, and that's when you'll start to get exposed when you're not actually a proper centre midfielder. And I just. I feel like Gwed, Gwed, I really like Guediora, but he's just not really had any sort of chance. And it would have just been nice to just see him in the Monks there yesterday and actually play Ward right back, Soiree left back, and see how it looks. But um, yeah, putting him in there is was I don't know it's a strange. bit schoolboy for me. Mm, and then yeah. on on top of that, we're in terms of um, showing them respect and our style of play, I think we. We should pick and choose when we uh, very carefully when we want to try and play football against teams and not play football against teams. And I think yesterday was one of those examples when we shouldn't be trying to play football against those teams. And that's like we're going back to what people were saying about starting Zaha. If you start Zaha and many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Lassie on the flanks in those games and play how we used to play in terms of just sucking them on and like getting the ball out wide and attacking them down the flanks. It would have probably been more effective for a longer yeah. time of the game. 
as opposed to what how it actually transpires. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think that's a perfect team to play you know, that type of st- that style of football. And we obviously know that Liverpool probably the best team in the league in terms of keeping the ball. So, you know, reverting back to our old style, our old successful style with you know the pace and the wings, catching them on a the break would have I reckon would have been better suited. It's funny because uh, again in the post uh, press conference, Bardieu was mentioning that he was. He was sort of on the sidelines trying to get his team to stop sitting so deep. And I think that's the transition, isn't it? That's where we're we're used to, okay, we're under pressure here, guys. Let's sit back and break. But then you haven't kind of got the facility to do that. And and he was sort of like, why why aren't you getting forward? Get forward, get forward. But, yeah, the the team aren't quite quite as comfortable with that as perhaps he would um, would have hoped. But then, you know, he'll, he'll undoubtedly feel that that's what he's got to change about them. He'll undoubtedly feel that he's got to get... The attitude in their in their heads that they actually are good enough to play that way, and they yeah, don't especially, have to yeah. especially with our running in um, I think it's April time where we've got you know f- I yeah. think three three teams that are around us in about four games. Um, I, f- I think few of those are at home as well. We've got Hull, West Brom, I think in consecutive games, and those are the games there where we need this new style of play. If we can't rely on that old style of play, that old successful style of play to beat those types of teams, because we've seen it this season against the likes of Burnley and Villa. Um, you know, Everton, they know how to play us now. They know how to play us. They know that, you know, they don't have to commit players forward. They know that, you know, when we've got the ball, we're not, you know, as, as, you know, as as well. We don't play as well as, you know, teams like Liverpool or Swansea who, who are known to keep the ball and know what to do with the ball when they've got it. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's difficult. It's, it's, it's extremely necessary. If we want to stay in this division, we really need to, you know, have a, a plan B, a which is something that you know we didn't have under Warner. We need a plan B, and it's we don't have a plan A under Warnock. Well, <laughs> yeah, um, cool. yeah. Going back to uh, to Joe Ward very quick, uh, Alex White, um, if you will. Um, well, he's been had, had a bit of criticism even at right back in in recent games. He seems to have had a little dip in form potentially. Um, I've, I've noticed the you know he's not quite. As solid as he, had, as he has been, he doesn't get forward as much. You're quite right. Uh, and Paul on um, Paul at the World Sea on Twitter, he, he's mentioned. Are we going to discuss about you know the fact that he's still in contract talks and they don't seem to have been resolved or anything like that? Um, what, what do you make of Ward at the moment in terms of his form? Is, is, is it fair to get this criticism? Um, I don't necessarily think he's he's at his peak. Uh, you know, I think I mean, he's played a lot better for Palace, but I still think that he's um, still an absolutely fantastic player and his potential is. Is way beyond what you know what the, what we'll ever achieve. Not you know not me saying anything against us. I just think that he'll go on to play for a, a very high level. I think he's far superior to uh, to Martin Kelly. Although Neil Warnock seemed to think Kelly was better. His words. Um, but I, I no, you know I don't think it's right to criticize. Criticize. You know I think we we expect a lot from Ward now. We we've seen last season how good he is and the season before that how good he is. I think he'll get back there. You know, he had a tough time playing at left back, you know. He doesn't he didn't want to be playing left back surely. Um and it's about getting a bit more confidence, I think a few wins, a bit more success down the wings. I think he's just yeah, he's just been a little bit disrupted, hasn't he? Um in yeah. terms of you know, he's now got he's got all the way got used to this uh, to the left back position. He's now gone back right. Yes. He's he's got almost got to adjust again. He's played um, centre mid as well for you yeah, know so. three, two or three games this year, some games last year. You know he's almost not not that he's been mucked about because he's in a very good position, but you know he hasn't had his chance to play it right back consistently for Palace, which I, I, which he wants to do. I do feel, um, and I don't mean to be disrespectful for this. I do feel that we you know obviously this time last year we were calling in for him for him to get into the England squad. I do feel form wise he's some way off that at the moment. But yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. But so hopefully, hopefully it'll improve. Uh, just a bit of positivity. We we'll have a look at the. Uh, just have a look at the goal. Really, um, 
Gale was very much in the right place at the right time. It was an, it was a strange backheader. I think it was Skirtle who backheaded it, maybe, um, and then just he nipped in and tried to head it over the keeper. But uh, but even more so, Campbell was in the right place at the right time and, and, and finished pretty well. Um, we've we've talked a lot about Fraser Campbell. Obviously, two in two in two for him. But um, what do we make of um, Gale's sort of uh, game in, in, in? Well, he had a, he had a sort of a mixed mixed day really. Got mm. in lots of decent positions, but missed a few chances, Alex. Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's, it's strange seeing, you know, Gale excelling uh, of late on the left-hand side because obviously when he was under under Holloway, you know, he was he started off there and we most Palace fans were just absolutely just livid seeing, you know, their record shining, playing on the left-hand side and not playing in the centre. But obviously under Pardew, I think it's be- he's sort of better suited, sort of suits his style of play. We've, we all know that, you know, Gale, you know, can, can dip in and out of games when he's played up top on his own. So, you know, why not have him on the left, being able to cut in? Because, you know, he's, he's, he's great at, at kicking a football. It's just, it's, it's such a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's true. He's, he's yeah, great. Yeah. He's great from set pieces. He's got a great finish on him. And so why not have a player like that on the left-hand side that you can cut in on his right foot? You know, I think it really does suit his game. It just, it all depends how much space he's got to, 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 to do that. You know, I think if, if he's not got a lot of space, he can be, you know, he can be pushed out of games really easily because he hasn't got the strength of you know someone like a Shamak, but or or, or a Balassi or or a Zaha. But you know, I think he he, he did well yesterday. He he was very industrious. Very, he worked really hard, and you know, it based on you know it was best of a bad bunch really. You know, he he's he probably the best player, and you know, I, I hope to see him start you know against Arsenal. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Terence, in terms of uh, the chance that Gale had just before, uh, was it just before the break? I don't know. It was, it was early in the first yeah. half. Yeah, it was just before the break to make it 2-0. Uh, Alan Pardew called that a pivotal pivotal, yeah, a pivotal moment. Struggling there for a second. Um, a bit surprised to see him miss it, were you? Yeah, uh, you do. he's so good when he's through on goal. Um, I, I think we just come up against... Simon Mignolet on one of those days where he looked shaky but everything just kind of worked out mm. in his favour like it was a very good stop you know you're there to try and block the ball when you get through one on one but I don't know I feel like for Mignolet and also for us a few weeks ago that might have bounced off of him and gone in the goal underneath him a bit like it did for Spironi like, yeah. so maybe that's his luck changing every time he come and flapped it across he just seemed to get just enough on it to take it away from danger he just he just had one of those lucky days for me I mean his save for the goal as well was a brilliant save from Gal he's because mm. he's he's basically left in no man's land by Skirtle and he's he's made very good stops and kept his team in the game do you know what Chris I'd like I would like to say though for Gale there as much as you'd say, yeah, he, he probably should have put it away, and, and I'd completely agree. But even playing on the left wing there, he showed that he will be in the right place at the right time, and that's something you're born with. You're born with that movement. You you can't train that, and he's born with that. And and those finishes will come with experience. The more times he gets through and goal like that, you know, the more he's going to learn. You learn best in the gameplay situations like that. And I, I won't criticise him at all. I think no. I, I think you're right. I think it's absolutely a case of not criticising it. It's just one of those what-if moments more than anything, isn't it? But Well, Pardew uh, said right. it. He said at 2-0 mm. up there, we, we probably would have seen the game out. Mm. And I, I just think, again, you, you make the point, it's, it's so noticeable that he's getting more chances running in on goal, which is obviously how he scores his goals, really. He's, you know, He'll get the occasional header, but he's not really a, a poacher as such. He's more of a... He needs the ball in front of him. Um, 
Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a strange statement to say he's not a poacher, but honestly, you go you go on YouTube and look at all of his goals. It's all it's all him running onto the ball, sort of. Yeah, thing. yeah. Uh, I think that's why I, mean? I said I said that you know he needs the space. If he's got the space to to take advantage, if you give him two three yards of space, you know, Gale is is the perfect player to have in that situation. You know, he's he's got a, he's got a great shot on him, and you know, great vision. Um, and I think with time, you know, we'll see that him become a poacher. But at the moment, we just need to play to his strengths. You're making the point, Terence, that the actual touch through was was very impressive, wasn't it? Yeah, well, he, it was so far behind him, and he just sort of he, his back leg, training back leg, managed to scoop the ball forward to create the chance, and it was it just he has he just has that ability to get the ball out of his feet and get a shot away and hits the target more often than not. Mm. What does I mean? What does he have? Let's just go back to the Campbell thing. What does does Dwight Gale have that Fraser Campbell doesn't? Can you quantify it? In terms of, I think, their back-to-goal game, both of them, is equally can do better. (laughs) (laughs) If you you look at Fraser Campbell, when he made his name, when he was at Hull and he was scoring loads of goals in a team that went on to win promotion, he wasn't playing with his back-to-goal. He was in a free-flowing attacking team, playing with another man who he could play off, and he was always facing the goal. As with that little bump in doing well, he's now bumped himself up into the Premier League where he's playing in teams that are in the lower half of the table and strikers don't are not afforded that luxury and they have to learn to play with that back to goal. And it's not it's not his natural game. His natural game is facing the goal, just like Dwight Gales is. So trying to ping the ball into them when they've got their back to goal, they've just you know, they're not they're being asked to be Premier League strikers with their back to goal and they're not that's not how they've made their name that's not how they've got to that level so no means am I saying it's easy for them and I feel it's great that Campbell scored the two goals because if you ever look at Campbell when he's on the bench and you know will score a goal in a game and the camera will pan to the bench Campbell's in the back celebrating more than anyone so I know he's in it and I know he wants it and I know I can and I might sound like I'm being harsh but it's just the reality of it reality of how it is he's just not that great if he's back to goal Mm. Okay, and that's a fair summary. Um, Say, so obviously, people are welcome to to get in touch and, and either agree or disagree with anything that we've said. Um, some people who have got in touch, David James Shea has got in touch to say that uh, we've got a big enough squad to play players in their right position. Ward should have been right back. Gideon should have played in the centre. Pretty much agreeing with what uh, what we were getting at earlier. Uh, Cav has gone for. Um, seems like we went to yesterday's game with a bit of a soft underbelly. Uh, the semi-final program was overboard in the fifth round. No fair point on that. We got a little ahead of ourselves. But yeah, I, I completely agree that. Um, so it's a point I, ma- I mentioned earlier. We we were a little bit soft on them there. Um, Paul was agreeing with a similar similar stu- uh, similar subject, saying that Henderson and Allen given way too much space. Nobody within ten yards of them. Um, and Mark also agreeing on that, saying should have hit him hard. Let him know you're there. Uh, I think that's everything. Oh, Lucy got upset saying Punchin's quality. I don't care what anyone says. Proud of Punch for the hashtag and some hearts by the looks of things. Um, Colin Squires, nothing against Campbell, but we look light, lightweight up front with him or Gale up top the way we play. So lots and lots of agreeing agreement by the looks of things there. Um, uh, I, I didn't get to wade in on Punchin, sorry. And um, mm. uh, it's fun that Gel's not even on the show and he's slagging him off. But um, <laughs> I'm but, doing it for him, really. I actually really like punching. But <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But it's it's kind of like I see him as our Darren Ambrose, our modern day Darren Ambrose. You just mm. you can't take him off because he's got that moment of magic in him. Yeah, yeah, I understand that definitely. Um, but I, I worry. I suppose if you go back to 
I suppose the argument on Campbell if you've got and then other people saying about Wilf as well. If you end up having, say, you know, Wilf, where you're thinking every now and then he's, he's not quite doing the defensive thing right, and Campbell, he's not quite chasing things down like he should, and then Punchin's like drifting out of the game, all of a sudden you, you're, you're arguing that every now and then you've got to accept three players who might not be quite doing what they should be doing. And I think you get punished for that. But um, no, my, my, my observation is more with, with Punchin is more that every now and then he does have a bit of an anonymous game. And just sometimes I think we have enough on the bench that, that we can have a different option up there. And we talk about Gediora starting in the centre of midfield. I think Gediora sort of coming on and playing that attacking midfield role that the, where Shamak is. I think that can work really, really well. Well, funnily enough, the two of them together work really, really well, I think. Um, so I just think we've got other options there, and every now and I do what I do wonder sometimes when Punch is having that little spell where he's being ineffective. If we may, maybe can't, he might not be the one that we um, we could replace. But there you go. That's that's my diplomatic way of putting it. Um, I think I just think he had a poor game against Newcastle, and I was surprised he didn't go off. I think that's the the, the crux of the matter, really. Um, in the in the Liverpool game, uh, Pardew mentioned that he felt that the goal went in too early, um, and I suppose. <laughs> that's a bit, bit of a strange statement in itself uh, but there was quite a lot of pressure I mean, if we, even if we go to the first half and again I think Pardew mentioned that he felt if we had another another half like we had the first half we'd actually end up losing the game and he felt he needed to change something but um, Spironi was very very busy as well and we were too deep but he, Spironi did pretty well we're going to talk about the, the Liverpool goals where he, again he's taken some criticism but I thought he um, thought he did pretty well wouldn't you say mm. Mr White? Yeah I think he he certainly made a lot of saves in the game. I think there was a Lallana chance um, in the second half that he pulled off a magnificent save. I, you know, I, I can't criticise Jules really. Again, his distribution seems to be letting him, let him, letting him down again. Um, but I think the free kick, a lot of people said you could have done better. And I said at the time, could have done a lot better. Um, but it was hit at some pace. But you've also got to look at the defenders there. He wasn't marked one bit. If the wall was set up in the right way, then... That, that, that yeah, but that's up happened. to Spironi. Spironi yeah. does the wall. It's his wall. Yeah, it was so obvious, wasn't it? Again, I think that's... I don't want to nick everything that Alan Pardew says, but he said pretty much... I'd actually written it in the, in a couple of show notes before I watched the press conference, and I'm, I like it that I'm agreeing with the manager a lot. Um, he said when you've got two... Effectively, when you've got two players in the wall, it's really obvious what they're going to do. They're going to split out, and the ball's going to come through it. So... Uh, as much as he made, actually made a really good reaction save, and you can't blame him for the for the ball going to Lallana because they were following in, uh, you know, much much more closely than any of our players were, and it's easier for them because they can face that way. Um, but I, yeah, I, I don't think there's any blame for that second goal. I really don't. I think the uh, other than than like you say, Alex, the organisation of the wall. But you'd like to think that there's enough experience out there on the pitch that someone would notice the two Liverpool players standing together. Uh, Terence, you want to talk a bit about Jules? Yeah, it's we're in a. It's got to a weird stage for Jules, where you know, for years and years, Jules couldn't do anything wrong, and now we're getting to this stage where people feel a little bit more comfortable criticising him. And but now it's getting to weird degrees. I saw I saw a few tweets of people saying, "I think Jules could have done better for Papi Cisse's goal," which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. With the most pinpoint perfect header back across him into the top corner. <laughs> yeah, that's a ridiculous statement. Yeah, tell me how. Tell me how you want to save that. Without a doubt, for the second goal yesterday, Jules will be disappointed with himself as a goalkeeper. You just are. You you don't want to push that out into that area. You try and push it anywhere else. So, I mean, it's yes, it's bounced in front of him in an awkward way, and it's come through a lot of players. But he will be disappointed with himself as a goalkeeper. That's just how it goes. But you make mistakes. On to his distribution, it's woeful. 
don't get me wrong. However, who is he aiming for in our team, especially in that second half when you've got Fraser Campbell, Yannick Bellassi, uh, your main two people you're aiming for against big, massive Liverpool centre-backs like Sacco and so on? Mm. He, there's no height that he's really aiming for in our team if Shamak's off the field. And you'll notice that his distribution just starts to look a lot worse when those sort of substitutions are made and we start to look a lot shorter up front. It's just a strange one, isn't it? Because uh, something that Gerald's talked about a lot um, of, you know, why can't you just roll it out to the fullbacks? And you, you can do sometimes, but if you're under an awful lot of pressure, that doesn't always help, I guess. But, um, but uh, yeah, in terms, you're right. We've got when we've got nothing to aim at. And again, it's that whole frustration of seeing the ball just come straight back. Um, and I suppose, yeah, and people are always going to blame the guy who's kicked it, I guess, which is quite evident a lot of the time. People get very, very angry with the guy who kicks it, but very rarely against the guy who's in the wrong position or the person who's not backing him up or something like that. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see too much. The first goal for me, um, I've, I've, I've really, really, I watched it really, really closely earlier, and I would argue that part of Sturridge is fractionally offside um, <laughs> when the ball is played, but you're talking about two centimetres, I would guess. Um, so you've got to give the, the benefit of the doubt to an attacker, even if you're as biased as I am. Um, and it was just such a shame that Spironi's in the right spot and he's hit him and, got, and gone in because, you know, it, could, it really could go anywhere. But it's, it's on the arm, I think, on the underside of the arm and just bounced inside the goal. And that's a horrible goal to concede and an even worse celebration to have to watch. Quite why the coin wasn't saved from Newcastle. No, I can't say that. <laughs> 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 whoa, whoa. Uh, whoa, 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 stop myself, stop myself, I wrote a, a very balanced article on it on the Eagles element, if you want my real opinion, there you go, go and read that, I nearly got myself into trouble there, um, I think I got away with it, Alex, so we got some chat room stuff on Jules, just yeah. before I go back to that, yeah, some thoughts on, on Jules, a um, bit of mixed reaction at the moment in the, in the chat room, that's www.wholeradio.net slash chat, uh, so we've got Dweeb said he's not his best season. Uh, Brinskall Eagle, yeah, he's coming to the end of his sell-by date. Uh, Coach Matt has said that Hennessy should have been in goal for the cup match. Which, um, yeah, do, what do you think about that? Because obviously Hennessy's been obviously in goal for most of the cup run so far. Did it um, for the atmosphere? Okay, I think it, it seems it seemed quite a harsh, you know, drop in it. It's not like it was a, a semi-final or a quarter-final. Then you'd understand, but. You'd, I'd thought that you'd given Hennessy a chance for this game and then looked to Jules if we'd progressed in the tournament. But hey, that's just what I think. Um, and then uh, I think Lyons has said that you know Jules gets beaten at his near post too easy for his liking, which um, which I, I guess you could say is true. But you know, yeah, some superior shot stopper, I think, for me, Speroni. I've heard that I've heard that criticism before about about him being being at his near post. You know, it does happen. I, I don't I don't study it enough to say whether it's more or less than any other keeper. To be honest with you, but I do agree with the point that I, I was quite surprised that um, Sparrowy started over Hennessy because uh, obviously Hennessy's got against you know games at some point. But it's interesting again to to hear Pardew say that um, you mentioned Sparrowy specifically as a good shot stopper, and, and maybe that was the evidence. You know, sorry, the motivation for giving him. He felt that we, you know, we're going to need someone in there to stop shots, particularly from range, um, and that the Spironi was more competent at mm. doing that than Hennessy, I guess. Um, but in, but yeah, in the first half, he had absolutely no right to save Lallana's shot. Mm. If you want to go back to near post, take a look at Luke Vardy's effort in injury time at Leicester, when he caught it about a hundred miles an hour at his yeah. near post. Absolutely superb stop. That is a little, a, a great ball. I, I won't be harsh on Kelly and suggest that he was ball watching. 
<laughs> and Sturridge has caught it perfectly on the volley. And like I say, a lot of it goes down to luck again. Maybe a few weeks ago when we was winning a few more games, the ball bounces off of Speroni's leg and bounces out instead of into the goal. It's just one of those things. He's 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 got his body in position and it's hit him and it's just gone through a little gap and gone into the goal. To criticise someone conceding a volley from four yards out is, I think it's ludicrous. Um, yeah, no, that's a fair point. And, and again, I was, I was well, I wouldn't say I was surprised to see it. I was just more disappointed to see it um, because it, yeah, it was, say, it's pure luck. It's pure luck what happens at that kind of range, isn't it? And Speroni, if anything, you've got to praise him for being in the right position to get a touch on it. And yeah, yeah. anyway. Um, Soiree. Uh, Pardew's comments were actually quite negative after the game to it. It was a typical performance from a player coming from League One in France. Um, that he wasn't effectively wasn't fit enough, wasn't up to the pace of the game. But he sort of said it with a smile on his face, suggesting that he believes that once Suarez up to the, st- the the level, that you know he'll be a real player at left back. And there were some really good moments. I thought I wasn't hugely impressed and. And a few people seem to get a little bit confused about his positioning and suggest that he didn't know what he was doing. But I thought we played the orthodox left-back role well. I thought when um, Hangland came out of the defence to uh, to follow Sturridge out onto, the, out onto his side and he, he stepped back into the centre of defence, it showed good communication. Um, I, I thought he did all right. I, I was, but, I mean, again, it was only all right. It wasn't spectacular. Got forward quite well. You know, jury's out, really. What did you think, Mr Penge? Um, I was impressed with him because I thought, considering the circumstances, you know, he's just got back from the African Nations Cup. He's obviously just just moved this week. Um, you know, doesn't speak much English. I think he settled in pretty well. And you know, obviously, it's you know been the answer to you know all Palace fans' calls that we really needed a left back. And you know, I think it's something you know him him as well being you know have got a bit of attacking prowess about him as well, which is something that we've sort of lacked in sort of the wide areas. And obviously, when we've got our wingers just doing all of all of the work on, on you know on the wings, we yeah. sort of need that, that, that plan B. And with Suarez against the teams around us, you know, he might be a vital asset an asset that we really need. Um although I've heard from, you know, some some people in France that, you know, he's not great at crossing a ball, which uh, we'll have to see about that. But yeah. you know, um yeah, I think he I think he did well and um you know I was impressed with him. Mm. Terence? I thought Pardew's comments were they they were praising in their criticism, and mm. it's the same how I feel about his performance. It's not so much how he performed on the day. I thought he did some things very well. I thought he did some things badly. But if you if anyone ever watches French football, which you can do quite easily now, there's quite a lot of it on English TV. I won't promote the channel because I think their coverage is awful. But um, <laughs> <laughs> the, what, French football is exactly what Pardew was saying. It is kind of like, oh, you have a go now, we'll have a go now, you have a go, we'll have a go. That's exactly how it goes. What encouraged me is the player that I can see him becoming. He is, as Pardew was saying, he is the modern-day Premier League fullback. He's big, he's powerful. He looks like he can get forward. I just, I think he's going to be a very, very good signing for us. And you know, again, jury's out. We don't like to judge players based on one performance, but I can see him by this time next year being a very, very good left back for us. Some people like to judge players on one performance, Terence. Um, <laughs> Alex, I've just noticed it continuously on the message boards. Uh, Alex White, you were, uh, you were a little bit, um, you, well, to quote you, he scares the something out of me. You've written there. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't be harsh. It was a first game, and like a lot of people said, the the standard of French football um, is is reasonably far away from the Premier League. But just positionally, at times, he just 
He was standing, you know, he was giving Scott Dan a cuddle for the first half. He was just, you know, in his pocket. I just, I, it did, you know, I felt sorry for Gale, the defensive foot that Gale had to do at times. Like, he was standing left back. We had three centre-halves with Suari in there. But I think he got more comfortable in, in the second half. You know, he looked tired. He was cramping up a couple of times. But, you know, I, I think he will be a good player. But, again, I heard when, we, when he signed that everyone said, oh, yeah, you know, he's really good going forward. But, um he's not so good defensively but you know that's exactly what we want from from defenders these days so as long as he can attack um we'll be fine but you know he he he, he scared me a lot but <laughs> he, he he was quite rash as well a, a lot of the times which I, you know I found that's out it arguably could have given a penalty away 50 50 you've seen yeah, you've seen, you've seen that's given one, haven't you? yeah that's one thing that I've heard a lot from um your people in France that you know he's got Quite, he's you know he's lo- he was loved by the fans at Lille, you know, for his work rate, his determination, and sometimes you know he can be, you know, his heart can rule over his head, and he can make sort of rash decisions, and we saw that yesterday, and I think, you know, we're, we're going to expect a few, a few penalty shouts this season with him in the side, you know, I think he's 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 rash, and yeah, we got to got to chain him on a loose because on loose because at the moment he's yeah he's raw, very raw, and we need to integrate him very very slowly. He was, I mean, he was absolutely shattered by the end. I, I honestly, I think there was a lot to be very, very positive about in his in his overall performance. Um, like I say, I thought you know, some of the things he's being criticised for, even even on, on here, so suggesting he was, he was very narrow. I think quite a lot of that was, um, like I say, as a result of Hanglin sort of effectively almost trying to man Mark Sturridge and not really getting too near to him. I think, I think communication-wise, considering he doesn't have much English, and you know, I think he's, I think he did really, really well, and it's positive, but. Again, against um, you know an absolutely flying Premier League right winger, he, he might have a might have a bit of a hard time. I don't know. Were you we'll not see. surprised? Were you not surprised to see Balassi on the same wing as him? I would have thought that'd be the first thing you do, just because I know they speak the same. Both speak French, don't they? I would have just thought that would be a nice thing to sort of get him into the uh, get him into the side and make him a bit more comfortable. But he had yeah. Gale that Wolf speaks speak French as well. It. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but I, yeah, you know, so, I just yeah. thought that would have been a, a little thing that they focused on. But you know. I think, yeah, again, but then I'd say communication from the um, from the back line's more important. Maybe Hanglin speaks French. I don't know. <laughs> what, I, what I did like about him was that I liked the way he got stuck in verbally, and he can't even speak English, and he squared up to <laughs> Daniel Sturridge when he tried. To- <laughs> but in terms of not showing, you know, showing them a bit too much respect and not getting stuck into him, he was the only one who he, every time that. It, there's needed to be a presence there and being, you know, not letting him intimidate us. He got, he got stuck in. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, reaction from the chat room there. Yeah, um, naked golf guys um, hit a nail on the head here with saying that you know, he's got wayward passes, so he'll fit in perfectly at Palace. Uh, Roberts, Rob, Robert CPFC. He said he's had, he had a good game. Um, let's see if there's any others here. Um, no, uh, J Dog three. <laughs> J Dog Free, I thought Mr. Suarez did fine going forward. Not so sure defensively, but some of the stuff he did was great. So yeah, mixed bag. Yeah, mixed bag, but just general positivity about. I think the the immediate reaction from people, the majority of people I spoke to, was a positive one, which was nice. I think. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, one little general point about the second half. Uh, I felt, and again, I think this was probably more about Liverpool retaining possession than us. But when we've gone behind. Um, as we have in, in a lot of games under Pardew, there's been there's always been this sense of urgency and, and being direct and putting pressure on, and we really failed to do that against Liverpool. And I just mentioned that almost in passing as a something that disappointed me really. Um, 
But going on to something a bit more specific, I think one of the, the debates I've heard an awful lot about, and I get it sort of spread out onto the message boards as well, is a lot of people saying that they'd actually much rather see Mary Epperin over Kelly. Um, I got asked um, by, by a friend before the game, who did I think was the better player, Mary Epper or Kelly? And my answer was Kelly. Um, I might I might defend that in a bit, depending on what you think. But um, what what Have you change your mind? <laughs> well, we'll see. What do you reckon, Alex? I think I know. I I like Mariapa. I always think he's connected well with with Punchian, and and he's always looked good going forward. But for me, I, I can't criticise Kelly because I still believe he's being played out of position every single week. He's flat footed. He's his one on one defending is is pretty poor going forward. So hit and miss. One cross, you know, will be excellent. The other won't. And I, and I, you know, it's like Gail. I almost won't criticise him for playing out of position. I don't. I just, I feel sorry for him. But I, I do think long term he'll play centre half for Crystal Palace. I think that's what he wants to do. And I think, I think he'll fit in very nicely with Scott Dan in, in years to come. But I, we're going, we're going with Karen Alex. No, I was just, just going to say that I, I think he's, he's too hot and cold and. And when you're up against players like Sturridge and things like that, running at you, running at someone like that, it seems to fall over his feet sometimes. Okay, uh, Terence, who do you think is the better player, and is it a different answer to who would you pick week in week out? I out of the two, I think that one day Martin Kelly is going to write an amazing novel because he daydreams so much that he just has <laughs> so many stories in there that he's, it's just going to be a masterpiece. I, I, it's either that or he's smoking recreational drugs. <laughs> <laughs> he just gets caught napping so often. He, and it's annoying because when he reacts, and then he, uh, sometimes he can track back and he can do what quite well and get there. But so often, and I think... The first goal against uh, Liverpool is a classic example of him daydreaming. The goal against Newcastle is another classic example of him daydreaming. He's just sort of watching the game, passing by, and then realising, oh, actually, I'm supposed to be over there. (laughs) And he does it a lot for me. As much as we were saying we needed a left-back and a natural left-footed player in that position, I totally agree with that. But in terms of how Mariapa ended the back end of last season... I thought he'd done enough to retain his position, and I, I, I really like Mariapa. I don't think he's got as much of the chance as he should have had this season, perhaps. But I think his time's probably up now at Palace in terms of now we've got Suarez in. You just never really see him getting in the team. No, it's for me. For me, it's a bit of a surprise because I can't ever recall thinking, "Oh my God, Mariapa was awful." I can remember him being completely skinned away at Chelsea by uh, Eden Hazard. Like, Sunderland oh, and Newcastle away and, as well. Yeah, okay. Those yeah, got go. booked after about one minute, and then they just ran at him for the rest. Did of he the start? Night. Did he start right. against Fulham last season as well? He was a nightmare. I think he, I think he did. I don't remember him being. He scored a that game. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, much. but he was terrible. He was terrible. Mm. Alright then well you've got different memories to me, but then yeah, like I say, <laughs> I don't. I don't remember ever feeling he let us down. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think it's worth it's worth a debate, but I don't think there's. Perhaps as much in that that decision as there should be. I think maybe Martin Kelly, you know, England cap, uh, big reputation. Um, okay, he's had, he's had you know a couple of bad injuries and what have you, and not played a great deal of football for about a year and a half. But you know, the, he, he should be comfortably the, the superior player, and I think that he is. Um, but like you say, Terence, there's elements to his game um, that, that that are lacking that probably shouldn't be at the moment. Um, okay. Man of the match. Is there anyone who was actually man of the match? I think you mentioned earlier, Alex, that um, you felt that Dwight Gale was probably the pick of the 
pick of the bunch. Um, yeah, I'm I'm struggling really. I, I can't really think of any other individuals that I would pick out for t- for praise or criticism. I, I think I didn't really notice a huge amount of what Joe Ledley did. Um, but having said that, he must have done a fair bit of work in the in the midfield there, um, because you know there was an awful lot of running around from our players without the ball. I felt um, I don't know I don't know who was I was really that impressed with. We didn't get the ball to Balassi enough. He didn't put enough pressure on uh, the opposition. Um, I say I wasn't. What about Hangland? Yeah, say- there you go. That's a really good shout. Yeah. Yeah, Hangland, Hangland just looked really comfortable on the ball, and probably his most comfortable he's ever looked. You know, when he first joined us, you know, everyone would have a heart attack when he would get the ball, and and you'd be just like, oh, "What's he going to do now?" You know, um, but now of late, you know, he's looked really comfortable, and you know, it, there's an argument uh, for him to start over Delaney um, with Dan because you know he's he's got that experience. He's he's he looks match fit now. I think at first when he moved to us, he did look a bit rusty. Um, you know, he's got that experience. He's got that. Uh, good first touch, and and he's got that vision which you know I think that Delaney lacks at times. I think he's got good distribution skills, and you know I think he looked really good yesterday. Well, I just noticed Bob the Eagle has confirmed that Mariapa did play against Fulham and scored, beating Hangland in the air. Which is ah. uh, Paul is agreeing, saying Hangland's been moan of, moan, uh, man of the match for both of our games this week. Uh, he's been so composed, good to see him starting to shine now. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go along with that. He has looked probably the pick of the defenders in the last couple of weeks. Um, I'll say the same thing I say every time I talk about Hangland. I, I think he's, his game has got absolutely everything other than I have this hate. It's the pace, and as a result, he's a, he's, you know, he's a clever footballer. So yeah. he know he knows what he needs to do to counter that. He drops off, but the trouble is the rest He's of the defence don't. So high. Yeah, they don't go with him, do they, Alex? No, you saw. I think it's happened twice this season. I think um, who was it at home? Was it Aston Villa at home? It happened. Yeah. No, not Aston Villa. I can't yeah. remember who it was at home, but was. you know, um, it's West Brom away, definitely. Yeah, maybe even the week before that. I can't. Remember. I can't think what the game was. But anyway, you know, Scott Dan had stepped up. Um, uh, Delaney's dropped off because he knows the guy's got an extra yard of pace. They've knocked it across the goal and they're stuck in the net. It might have been the Sunderland game actually, but it was just, you know, that's the one. That's the one problem with him, isn't he? I think he's a, a class player and a, and a proven Premier League player and and a player that, that's ability is superior to Delaney's. But Delaney well, if, he, he, if he had pace, he'd be still playing for like a top eight side in the Premier League because oh, he's absolutely. lost his. Because he's lost his pace over the last couple of seasons, you know, he, you know, he's, he has to play for, you know, us or, or a team down the bottom because, you know, he's just not quick enough for the demands of Premier League football. And, you know, he, you can tell why he plays for us because, you know, he's just not all there. If he was all there, he'd be playing for a, for a bigger side. He could have could be playing for Arsenal right now. You know, he was linked with them heavily before, at Fulham. But, um, yeah, that just shows, you know, we, we can't get the best players. We can get the... Well- Average players. <laughs> well, we'll come back to we'll come back to who impressed and who didn't in, in a second. Just want to mention that well, we're doing another of our non-football shows tomorrow. Um, obviously, if you only like us talking about football and you're not really too bothered about the people, probably give it a miss. But the last one was pretty entertaining um, in for a variety of reasons. So that will be eight o'clock tomorrow evening, and I'll, I'll mention it again at the end of the show. But I was supposed to be plugging it throughout the show, but I got so involved talking about football, I kind of forgot. And Marky's going fu- <laughs> to be furious with me for now. Um, but anyway, so the, yeah, uh, do tune in tomorrow at eight pm. Uh, we'll be there'll be a bit a couple of tunes, and there'll be you know us talking absolute nonsense about anything. Could literally be anything. Are you going to be reviewing Fifty Shades of Grey? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. I can I can barely contain my excitement, but. Um, that isn't that isn't true, and it sounded so wrong. Me saying should have left that alone. <laughs> should have done really. Just should have. Oh. 
that's going to be a clip next week on the introduction and everything. Oh, God. <laughs> so disappointed in myself. Anyway, more of that sort of thing <laughs> tomorrow at 8pm. Um, so going back to um, Man of the Match, who was who, any different to us? We were talking about Hanglands. What do you reckon? Uh, I, I, I got really sort of excited and carried away and gave it to Papa Soiree on my match review today on the website. <laughs> um, uh, can I give it to James McArthur or Mila Yednak on their missing showed how much <laughs> we missed <them? laughs> That's pretty um, good, yeah. I, I thought in terms of the re- the reason why I gave it to Soiree was because, like I said, he got he got squared up to Daniel Sturridge for <laughs> being behaving poorly. Um, I, I just, yeah, he's, he's been thrown in against a team that are very good and will pull you out of position as a fullback for how much they keep the ball and they knock it around in crisp, quick passes. And I just thought he did quite well when you was only ever picking the best of a bad bunch. And, there were, you know, it could have been anyone, really. You could have arguments for anyone because no one was that outstanding. It's funny, I, I looked at the BBS thread this morning, the player ratings thing, and uh, I mean, there's every week you look at it, and obviously the first people that respond tend to be people who've watched it on a stream, um, and they always seem much more negative. I don't think, it's an interesting thing, like we were talking about, I was mentioning earlier, that you can't, because you can't player watch, and because you don't, you, you get told effectively what, you're, what you get to see. So you can't see, for example, you can't see... Players exchanging positions, you know, on the opposite side. You can't see someone chasing back, following a player's round on the other side. So sometimes you can get the perception that it's different to it is. And one of the first replies of, of you know, how did everyone do was that, that called the performance terrible, and it wasn't a terrible performance at all, was it? It wasn't like we were we were outclassed and hammered nine nil. It's not. It's not. You know, it it was we lost. We narrowly lost to to a Liverpool side that are in absolutely tremendous form. Um, and we didn't. And the frustrating thing is, we didn't do ourselves justice. You know, we we actually could could have played better, and that's why people are frustrated. But there's a huge gulf between could have played better and oh, that was a terrible performance. We've all seen some really terrible performances over the years, and, and I think I get a little bit frustrated at that. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, <laughs> I just stop <laughs> talking to swallow and take a breath. Well, and that's all it was. Oh, I've just breathe, got to stop. breathe. I've got, yeah, I've got to stop saying things. If Mikey clips that swallowing bit in with what I said about the Fifty Shades of Grey, I'm in <laughs> so much trouble. <laughs> You'll feel like me. Yeah, I will. Um, yeah, yeah. We actually we've got an awful lot of clips for you. Um, I've oh. just been told um, <laughs> one hour nineteen minutes and twenty four seconds. I think that's the producer telling me to shut up and end the show. Um, so look, I, I'll go back to <laughs> what Steve Parrish said earlier um, about, and, and I think it's a, it is a measure of how far we've come as a club that um, that in a competitive and in parts unlucky defeat um, to an informed Liverpool, it is such a disappointment. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I know you've just seen what he's written in the chat as well, haven't you? Just ignore it. Um, look, you know, we're, we're disappointed, we're upset, we could have played better, but at the end of the day, we're out of the cup, and, and, and it is disappointing. <laughs> but we actually played. You know, we've done all right. We've come a long, long way. We've done all right this season. Um, and yes, we've got to concentrate on the league. And yes, it's going to be a hard slog to the end of the season. But, you know, I'm sure we're going to... Well, you know, I'm, I'm positive. I'm positive about, positive about the squad we've got. I'm positive about how the players are playing. And I cannot wait for, for Mila Yednak to get back in that side. And hopefully a fit James McArthur as well. Um, so, yeah, that, that'll be it for today. Like I said earlier, we do have a non-football show at 8pm tomorrow. Do join us for that if you're 
basically, if you've got nothing better to do with your time, that's probably the best advice I can give. You literally have nothing better to do with your time tomorrow at 8pm. Just tune in, same way you normally do, and, and hopefully contribute as well, because we'll be talking absolute nonsense. So if you've got some funny stories or anecdotes in line with what we're talking about, or even just random stuff, send it in. Uh, hlradio.net forward slash contact. You can even get in touch before the show starts. Uh, and we'll probably have a chance for listeners to get a track or two on as well and all that sort of business so join us then uh, and all that remains is for me to thank producer tom for trying to start the show earlier um producer mikey for stepping in uh, thank you to alex white terence ford and alex penge of uh, their efforts today and thank you very much for listening podcast out soon cheers bye It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.